I'm going to be honest. That little tick, tick, tick in is so kind of a bop. It's <laughs> kind of a bop. It oddly reminds me of Squid Games. Oh, interesting. Oh. I kind of get that. Interessante. Anyways, <clears throat> so we are inviting our tech guy. Normally runs all the behind the scenes situation. He is on the scene. He's today. on the scene today. He's also my husband. Uh, this is Sean. <laughs> say Hello. Hi. Oh, I talk over him all the time. Uh, let's just run that back one more time. Uh, say hi, Sean. Hello. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I'm used to being quiet during these moments, okay. so it's kind of nice to be on the other side. Yes, we're excited. While our dad is often a main source of subject when discussing our personal and mutual dysfunction, we would like to emphasize that having daddy issues or a father at all is not required to blame poor life decisions on your childhood or to join us in discussion. This podcast aims to create a safe environment for young adults to open up and reflect on how and why they are the way that they are and how to use or lose those behaviors going forward in a light, comical, and laid-back setting. Basically, we just get drunk and get real about our choices, and we invite anyone and everyone to join us. We are an all-inclusive space. Childhood trauma spares no one. So I think I'll start. Um, I'll just give like a little history of like daddy issues as if I've seen it. So yeah, like obviously yeah. y'all have the yeah, idea. From your, from your point of view, let's hear it. Well, you come to me, and you know Sonia had just gone through a pretty uh, significant breakup, and y'all were like, "We're doing a podcast," and I was like, "Great." Um, I had just gotten a very, very simple little Scarlet interface that had two plugins. So it was like, oh, there's two of you. There's two plugins. Perfect. <laughs> and then very quickly, y'all started having guests. We started sharing mics. And this was in our first apartment after I had uh, gotten out of the military and moved to Texas. And so it was like really small. And there's great pictures online. I'm sure those of you that follow the Instagram can go check out. Yep. Um, then we moved to Dallas and I had a little bit bigger interface. And then now we're living um, somewhere middle of Texas. <laughs> Not going to dox ourselves. Um, <laughs> And yeah, much more efficient. We're in a full sound studio now. I'm pretty much doing that full time in one way or another with everything with, so in a large way, I've got to thank you guys too, because y'all helped me um, realize that this is something I really wanted to do. Yeah, we were your first project. I yeah, and, hey, and you're still the most successful project, so keep that going. <laughs> we'll see. I've uh, been in a band for two years and released zero music, so you know I'm really, really killing it over here. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> Throwing shade at myself. I wish that I had gotten more done, but I'm much more serious now and things are uh, moving better in all those directions. Give well. yourself some grace. You were yeah. in grad school. Yeah, that's true. I did finish my master's. So, yeah, I'm about, yeah. So, so. you've been killing the game for I sure. I was working full time. Yeah, I'll, I'll brush it off just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But seeing the show evolve, seeing how you guys are now and the three of you, I'm really, really excited um, that that's what's going to be moving forward. And I'm excited about the interviews y'all will have in the future. Maybe I'll be featured again. Always. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm really excited that we're rebooting it because it's a really fun time to get to see my sisters in law and, of course, spend time with my wife and. Yeah, I, I, it is therapeutic. I like listening to y'all stories because it's a lot of stuff I feel like you guys share on the podcast that maybe you wouldn't share with each other otherwise. Like the conversation yeah, you yeah. had with Kaylin on mm-hmm. her episode, which hopefully airs before this one. Yes, it yeah. will. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, stuff I didn't know either. You know, and y'all were all like, oh, well, I learned so much about Kaylin. Um, and you wouldn't have known if it really wasn't for this. So I think that this is such a cool I would just cool like outlet. to say something. <laughs> Sean's hand gesture just knocked his mic away, and that is something he would normally yell at us for, and so I just feel the need to call him out. Yeah, right. no. So I'm really it's good at being on the other side. not as easy as it looks, right, Sean? All right? It's hard out here. So. It's hard sitting in these chairs talking towards these electronic devices. No, uh, yeah. but yeah, seriously, thank you so much, because we obviously couldn't have done it without you mm-hmm. and setting this all up, and... Obviously, this is a podcast, so you guys can't see, but the space we're in is pretty legit, and yeah. mm-hmm. they've built it together, and it, it's really cool. Yeah. So. 
got a new sound booth in as well. We've got a new tenant, a uh, best friend of ours, and he's really gung-ho about it too, which is really nice. And it's definitely all coming together. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see the future of Daddy Issues in the studio space and what y'all are doing. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm really proud of you guys too. And you guys are, of course, welcome. And I look forward to continuing doing that. Awesome. And to the listeners, yeah, I guess uh, you always got to remember that just because you're hearing voices, there's other people behind the scenes too <laughs> in people's lives. Like there's a whole life behind everything else that's going on beyond all of it. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Story of the week. You right? beat around the bush enough. We're going to yeah. start making you talk about your feelings now. Oh, no. <laughs> Time to get uncomfortable. Yeah, we're going to have you crying at Hibachi again, <laughs> which is not a story we're going to tell today, but later. <laughs> that would be a great one. And with though. people's permission, because that's a pretty sensitive topic. Yeah. That okay. Is, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, story of the week. So this is the last time I ever had a babysitter, which ties directly into what I want to talk about today. So I am like Gloria, and I don't know if that's why we got together or why it's worked for eight years so far, but we're both the oldest sibling. So a big thing, kind of like the transition of coming of age as the eldest child in a family is like when the babysitter's no longer mm-hmm. required, right? Because now you're the babysitter. Yeah. And then very shortly after, you become the chauffeur because you know, yeah. you're know you the one who gets the car and the <laughs> license. And then very soon after that, you're kind of just, t- okay, you know, they got three years left, finish raising them for me. <laughs> so that's kind of where you run into. So the last time we had a babysitter, Ryan was really, really young. So um, That's the youngest in your yeah, family, Yeah, the youngest right? in my family. Yeah. And then, um, so Tiffany was kind of like very motherly to him, uh, who's my youngest sister, who's just there uh, within two years of each other. So he was a doll to her. Like he was actual <laughs> baby doll, like a yeah. live one. We could have not replaced this child in her life. So she was really into watching him and kind of keeping out for him. And then... Um, you know, Melanie was already doing babysitting for other families at the time, but couldn't watch our siblings for some reason. So we're, you know, this is like early teens, like about to start high school, like seventh, eighth grade, probably. So the last time we had a babysitter was Christmas and Ryan was probably like three, like still, you know, crawling, walking just a little. Yeah. And he went under the Christmas tree while the babysitter was asleep in a chair. And this was like during the day, I think my parents had like a brunch or some sort of church event to go to. And he eats a light bulb from the tree, <laughs> to which the entire power on the tree just like completely shuts down. The house flickers, right? And of course, this lady who's passed out in a chair, not really watching us. Like I can't even remember the lady's name because we'd had her like once or twice, and we just told my parents that we really don't like her. She doesn't actually watch us. She just watches TV. What was the age of the babysitter? Was she like a teenager? Oh no, also she must have older? been in her fifties or sixties. Oh wow! So okay. she was she was there to take a nap really and get paid okay. whatever my parents yeah, were paying I think, at the time. For I think it. too because like when you were saying that, like I definitely started watching these guys when I was like probably in like I would say sixth, sixth grade. grade. Well, because I know because we walked, walked me yeah to school. we walked home and so but I think the reason for that though is because even though you were seven years younger than me, you were still like a human <laughs> obviously <laughs> like you were like um like you were a little bit self-functioning like you could walk home with me yeah with you yeah mm-hmm. like it wasn't like you know you weren't three years old I eating like yeah i wasn't a toddler if you were in sixth grade you're what 11 so she would have been four does that pass math did i do that right okay so then it had to be middle school then that yeah. i was walking you home you were in kindergarten or first grade yeah, yeah probably so yeah so you were like able to walk home and like you know pull my shirt down so <laughs> you were I did do that but anyways my point is is because I was shocked to hear like that you guys were like teenager teenagers and I'm like yeah, how many so years I mean, apart this, are you and Ryan so Ryan and I have the furthest distance and we're eight years apart Tiffany okay, and I so are six Melanie and I are 13 or yeah, yeah 13 months okay so we were almost Irish twins actually my parents were yeah. getting busy <laughs> with us and then pause and, and then, then pause busy and again. then busy again <laughs> yeah no definitely they did the two like okay breather two more let's go <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so then what happened after the oh, light yeah, so, bulb was So, yeah, consumed? my parents got called. I don't remember if Ryan went to the hospital or what it was, but he was bleeding in his mouth because oh he had fed a light. Oh, my gosh. And it was glass, you know? And, <laughs> and that's why they... I forget what it is, but apparently it's super common. My mom did a bunch of research and stuff on it, and, like, kids eating red Christmas lights in particular because oh. they look like candy or, like, a whatever. Oh, okay. And yeah, apparently it's actually pretty common. Oh, yeah, so she had to call, essentially, like, you know, my folks, and then they took care to Ryan, and he's still alive, so I guess he, you know, <laughs> whatever they did was sufficient care, right? And then we never saw her again. We never had a babysitter after that. So this must have been, like, sixth or seventh grade, like, probably coming into eighth grade. As soon as we were in high school, like we were the built-in babysitters. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of like a little bit off top. Well, not off topic, but kind of an idea. What if we could get all of the siblings in a room and do an episode that is just specifically dedicated to weird things we've eaten, and it's just like we just like <laughs> I ate a lot of weird shit. Yeah, when that's I what I'm saying. Little. Don't give it away because okay. this could be a potential episode. Okay. One. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Tiffany. She got a rock, like a pebble. So far, I up, lost up her nose. She had to go see a doctor. I did that with a bead yeah, in my ear. She did that with a bead in her oh ear. Oh, my God. I, like, I, I had my ear pierced. I put a bead literally in my <laughs> ear. Don't know how that, like, correlated to an ear piercing on the outside of yeah, my ear. I remember it was a big deal because, like, you got, like, rushed out of the house. It was, like, a whole yeah. thing. Well, by that logic, Sonia, if you bury $1,000 in my backyard and you don't check on it, don't worry about it, but it will become a money tree. I'm just talking about gullibility. Like, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? She was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> there's a money there. tree that we could be growing. <laughs> um, Should I drop out of PA school? <laughs> Are we getting a money tree? Um, so how is this your parents' fault? Oh, just choosing if you're going to have somebody watch your children, you should probably <laughs> vet them, vet a, them a little more. harder. Maybe just watch them for like two hours. The first time, especially if it's you're not asking to watch like a single child and you're not dropping them off in a daycare. Like, why do I feel your like you're going to be a nanny cam type of dad? Oh, one hundred percent. He wow. is. I can tell. 100%. I can tell he's going to be. Uh, I used to babysit a lot in, in college, and I would always just be looking around. I know there's a camera in here somewhere. Oh, that's the worst. It is like you're kind of like. It is. Yeah. I, I get I mean, it. When we got the house, like it definitely was, be more like. I mean, even now, like the cameras imagine. we have, like they're predominantly outdoor you know so mm-hmm. like mostly it's like who's coming and going well didn't you say you told your parents to like, this babysitter kind of sucks yeah like we let them know but in honesty we didn't really have a say and it wasn't like we were being babysat often like we're talking my parents would go out maybe once a month sometimes twice a month but i mean maybe parents should listen to their kids mm-hmm. if you tell them this i mean i mean this is a very benign right experience but if a kid is like, my babysitter is being weird or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it could mean something Probably way worse. Probably should listen to them. Yeah. Just saying. I yeah. mean, that kind of got dark, but. But it could be, like, mm-hmm. you should, you should listen. Even even if you don't think your kid knows what they're talking about or whatever, you should still take some. As far as what, like, what I want to talk about this week, it, I guess you'd say it's like my parents' fault, but also it's like a good character trait that I like having, but like being the oldest mm-hmm. and having to have that role. So like, I feel like at times with my parents, I've been like their counselor or mm-hmm. I, I like the example that people have been giving recently of like how my mom, my little brother, obviously not in a physical sense, but like essentially kind of like married, like, you know, cook for each other, clean up after each other. And like, you kind of, you kind of end up filling the role if you're the youngest to do that. I think as the oldest, you kind of become like a de facto leader. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. or not you're trying to be. 
And obviously, like my experience, my education and stuff now is all very oriented that way. And the jobs I've worked and stuff are very similar. And the roles I play in the circles of my friends and stuff now are also kind of that way. Yeah. I think that all started there because, again, you're kind of expected to carry on raising them in the times where they're not. And then they're also watching you. So that's kind of the big thing. I think I'll be in the oldest that you kind of forget about is, and what I tell about, like, um, you know, Taylor and Ryan and I talk, it's like, we still look at Ryan as like this five-year-old kid mm -hmm. tormenting us. And, you know, we tickle him till he peed his pants. And <laughs> that's just like big brother stuff, little brother stuff. But like, obviously our relationships evolved. We're in our twenties now. Or I'm about to be 30 this year. And, well, um, oh, sorry. Oh, you're good, Sonia. And so that's interesting because obviously that's something Gloria has always said yeah. that you've been mom's sounding board. And I feel like I've always thought that's because she was a single mom and like used you because she didn't have a partner and stuff. But goes to show that yeah. even when, because your parents are still together, have been together your whole life, even when you have two parents in the household, like that still becomes the role of the older sibling, which is just interesting to see. Yeah, I think it's something that we relate on a lot. And I think it's something that causes us to butt heads because we're both used to being. Well, also you're the <laughs> first person they can get on their side, right? So if there's right. four of you or three of you, you're the first that they can pull to one side or the other. So just like how you know when you're a little, you'll go, if dad says no, oh, I'm going to ask mom, mm -hmm. vice versa. They do that to you too, 100%. Yeah. I have definitely, I'm not going to call anything specific, but like my mom call has come for me. That's what <laughs> we yeah, do here. We throw shit. My mom has definitely 100% come to things about my dad and my siblings. My dad's 100% come up to me with things about my mom and my siblings. I'm sure they go to everybody else about me when the time yeah. comes as well. But that's kind of an interesting thing because like when you cross that threshold, and that's definitely where I'm at now where it's like, you know what? You may know better than your parents. A lot of times, actually, you actually may know something more correct than what they understand or what they've been able to comprehend. So they will actually seek advice from you or yeah. they will be interested in learning that kind of stuff from you. And they will be fighting it because they're not ready to learn. That's yes. what I That's think I'm battling with mom right now because I still live with my mom. But I'm going through that phase of figuring out things for myself. And that's when you just really start to butt heads with your parents. And then, yeah, it's... Yeah, because it's like they, sometimes they want that growth. Sometimes they're like stubborn and mm -hmm. set in their ways. And yeah, it can be, it can be exhausting sometimes being that like person that they have to look to all the time for any kind of growth. As the oldest sibling? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to think you're, you've been there the longest, so you've got the longest history record. And something I was talking about Taylor the other day, and Gloria was talking to me about. It's like, by the way, Taylor's Sean's best friend. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he <laughs> lives like here now, so I'll probably mention him a bit. He'll probably people. be in the background sometimes. Yeah, maybe even a guest. Yeah, we'll see. That's true. So a big thing is like they're the people that can keep you honest about what's happened in your life, right? And they can actually tell your history. So if you've been friends with somebody, like I've been friends with him for twenty years almost, like they know your story mm -hmm. and they know like the true stuff as well as and things that you've been through and things that may have been transformative in your life. So like, you're like, talk about this on my episode too. Cause we were, we were talking about it. They're yeah, like, I think your it's really old friends. They're like your fact checkers. They're like they're your, um, your, um, uh, like proof of life, like outside of your family, like to tell you like, yes, this did or did not happen at this time. And it's kind of sketchy when you think about it, because if you think about friends you met in adulthood, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I slip into like a, what's real type of, thought process all the time and I'm just like okay what if I just like know these people they don't know anything about me what if none of that actually ever happened but like having old friends I'm so confused by okay, what you're saying mind. right now I got it out no, first no, I'm, okay I'll, I'll help explain it again Thank so you. what Gloria is saying is like how do you know the past actually 
happened if there wasn't somebody oh, that shared that yeah. experience well, with yeah, you. Speaking as someone with, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. Speaking as someone with a terrible memory, I'm like, I don't know if that actually happened or if like my vivid imagination completely created that. Yeah. I have a really hard time with that, actually. But mm-hmm. even going back to what we talked about in the first episode, our shared experience with the day dad didn't come to pick us up, we have two totally different memories of that experience. So even if you think you have a solid memory of something, it could be completely wrong. Like, I was listening to a podcast, and he was actually talking about him and his brother. They have a, a memory of this event that happened with their mom, and they both remember it, but one of them remembers it in one house, and one of them remembers it in, like, a different house they moved to in in a different time in their childhood. So our memories honestly suck. Unreliable, yeah. which is why it's so important to have friends that you can trace back to such and such amount of time because um, family is one thing, but I don't know. It's like it's like something about there being an external um, confirmation, like, a, like an unbiased, right? Like yeah. not influenced by the same environment that you grew up in. That's special. And like that's what I was kind of trying to get at about having like that. Yeah. Anyways, well, how do you think, like being the oldest child, do you still feel that that burden, that yeah, responsibility? Yeah, so like I'm definitely somebody life? that I don't think, if I would naturally choose to be a leader, or to be in charge of groups, or to like be kind of a driving force for things getting done and stuff happening, I don't think I'm that kind of person um, at all naturally whatsoever. I think I'm definitely forced in those situations way more than I choose them, but. It's one of those things, too, where, like, you start to learn, like, you know what, I'll just do a better job if I get it done. And, like, you, you learn that that's less stress in your life just to go ahead and do that because, in honesty, there's probably somebody that wants you to anyway. So I think that's kind of something that has crept into my life now. So it's kind of like a, uh, like, definitely y'all's fault that I have that character trait, although it is something that has benefited me. Um, I don't think it's, like, something that would be, I wouldn't developmentally be this way unless that was the situation. Like, if I was the youngest child, I think I'd be way different. I think that shows in how Ryan is versus me because he's mm-hmm. way more objective. He can think a lot longer before he speaks, which is a huge weakness of mine, is not formulating my thoughts entirely mm-hmm. before I send him out. He's somebody who can actually sit back and step back because he's the youngest child. I think Kalen can relate yeah, he, he can to li- that. Oh, I can spectate for a while and mm-hmm. then decide how I feel. Yeah. Like, I'm the person where it's like, when you guys say, when you start a podcast episode, everybody's looking at Gloria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, time to start this thing, right? <laughs> because you're the talker. You're the one who speaks and you don't... You and don't. you're the oldest. They just yeah. assumed that you're the one who's supposed to lead things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When nothing's stopping you, either of you, from standing up and taking the reins. Yeah. No, but aren't you happy? Story of my life. Aren't you happy that you have that characteristic though? I think it's good. Do you I think, think it it has any downfalls, any negative implications? So there's a little bit of like um, control freak kind of when when you're also like when you've accepted the role of being in charge. <laughs> it's funny. I'm sorry. It's funny watching Gloria. Oh yeah. Watch watch my eyes. Eyes. Just, like confirm yeah. what you're saying. Her eyes got really big. It's just starting nodding. Like yes, there's downfalls. Yeah, micromanaging <laughs> that sort of thing because like you really want to trust things get done and it's really hard to delegate because you're used to relying on yourself for a lot of stuff and you're used to. I hate to say it like my siblings aren't my subordinates, right? But like the relationship you have growing up is like you're the one who's you know okay I'm. The kids are supposed to do X, Y, and Z. You know, Sean, you're supposed to monitor, mediate, whatever. Right, like you're responsible if shit, if the house catches on fire. But then you turn to your younger siblings and they're like, you're not my parent. And you're like, but bro, like I'm the one. Can we be honest? Growing up, do you, I was always the responsible one. No, you thought you were the responsible one. No, I I was. No, you thought you were the responsible one. (laughs) I mean, if we think about like high school and stuff. You literally, no, because no, I'm talking like. Like, when we really started being home alone, I remember you picking up the phone and calling 911. No. Yes, you did. I did that, but I know mom was home when I did that. Yeah, but I was still, like, responsible for you guys because she would sleep because she worked nights. Yeah, but still, <laughs> I've, 
<laughs> I think that I think that you had some of the burden because I did like bring you up with the older kids and stuff. But yeah. like I definitely would have been the one in trouble if things went wrong. Like yes, I feel like I was the one making sure we ate. <laughs> you might have made sure cleaning. those things happened, but you wouldn't have been the one in trouble if it didn't happen. I would have been. But you didn't do it. <laughs> but I still felt the external pressure from the parents. <laughs> you had self pressure from yourself. There's a difference. Uh, maybe. There's a yeah. difference. Interesting. And also, like, no, I did have to drive you guys to and from places. Like, that is a reality that I was responsible for you guys getting there at the right time, picking Kaylin up. I, I did have to watch yeah. Kaylin, like, by myself all the time. And can I add, I feel like maybe you feel like this leadership role, because a little bit later in life, especially, like, when you were in high school and Glow, you weren't, like, staying at the house at that time. Like, you were in charge of me at times. Yeah. And you drove I, me around. So maybe you felt that leadership because of me. Like, when later I was, in life. Yeah, later in life. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe more so during childhood. But, yeah, yeah, I feel like once it hit high school and you were out of the house and married right, and stuff. Right, of course. Like, yeah. Yeah. I might be thinking more so, like, later in and life. And also, dad puts a lot of pressure on you to, like, do things and, like, do things for us as well. And, like, whenever we would visit him, he would always go to you. You know, because yeah, I I think that could (laughs) I think (laughs) that could maybe you felt the pressures from mom Mm -hmm. and I felt them from dad and maybe it's a divorce parent thing too. Yes, and I was just in my own world chilling, doing nothing. Anyways, back to you, Sean. (laughs) No, the youngest gets to spectate. I get that. Yeah, and so that's been I think a large part of it. And I'm not going to talk too much about what's going on right now in my family, but definitely I've been forced as well to be like the mediator for some pretty extreme conversations. And sometimes not even be the mediator, just be like trying to make sure everybody understands each other. And like, that's kind of naturally become the role. Like you're the one who's supposed to bridge the gap between, you know, the adults and the kids. You're meant to understand everybody's perspective yes. because everybody comes to you with everything. And that is something I definitely feel yeah. even now. Yeah. Yeah. And something I've learned, like when people ask me about stuff and how I usually respond nowadays is I usually try to force them into the other person's shoes just a little bit, even if mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. <laughs> Devil's advocate. Yes. I hate when people do that. Well, that's yeah. what me and Gloria were talking about just yesterday. And sometimes you don't like it when I'm the devil's advocate yes, for I you. Know. Well, because when you do devil, I tell you, like, I'm being devil's advocate right now. You're just like, well, I, I just, disagree with you. No, and I'm no, like, no. Okay. No, what I say is, <laughs> well, maybe, no, I don't say, yeah, I'm going to be the devil's advocate right now. I can, I can I preface like that. I, I would can like start you to. prefacing yeah. when I speak. I can do that. I but do that I do say, like, well, m- what about this like perspective? No, yeah. you were saying, well, I don't think. Well, no, no, I don't no. think. You specifically yesterday. said that yesterday. Yes, you did. No, yesterday. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Can I talk? <laughs> yes, <Okay>. you did. <laughs> yesterday, I said, well, maybe think about it. That is what your perspective is, but... That might not be mom's reality. Right. That was after you had already said, well, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I started to get frustrated because I was like, okay, I'm not talking about what you think. I'm talking about what I think because I was specifically saying my point of view. Anyways, just start prefacing Um, it. It will help me. Real quick, shout out to y'all's mom. Linda, if you're listening, I love you a lot. <laughs> Sorry. And some and sometimes you catch a little heat on this show, but just so you know, the sound guy loves you so much. I know you're hijacking. doing your best. Hey, we're just hijacking we your episode. Hey, Sean. if we're we're throwing shade at our dad, we can throw shade at our mom too. No, I know you can. But I mean, I, I also get it, mom. Your mom puts in a really genuine effort, which yes. I appreciate, even if it's not always perfect. 
Yes. If it's in a genuine effort. Yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> my dad didn't put in an effort sometimes. My mom puts in an effort, but, I mean, I've heard it a million times. Parents can – you can be the picture-perfect, textbook, perfect parent, and your kids are still going to, like, find ways to yeah. be upset or resent you or something. And it's just the circle of life. And it's going to happen to us, too, when yeah. we're parents. Yeah. So. And I do want to say I will practice being a better about receiving a devil's advocacy, okay. too. Okay. Love you. Love you, too. Okay. Okay, back to you. Oh yeah. So another another thing that's interesting is um, emotions. So we can get into a little bit of it. Yeah. yeah. I won't say why I cried at hibachi, but I did cry at hibachi. I a loved couple of weeks that ago. moment for us. I know. Yeah, the food was done, and I was sitting there bawling. And there's a <laughs> dude across the sobbing. other table. Like crying just, like, isn't a fair crying. enough. Yeah, cry, thing yeah, to sobbing. Say. Like you were sobbing. And there's a dude with a teardrop tattoo on like the table across the way, <laughs> watching me. He's like, "I'm so proud of you, man." It was like, so cry out. He literally said, "Cry out." This was a bald man with tattoos on his head. Yeah. Tattoo on his yep. face. He had to put the teardrop there because he's not a, allowed to cry in real life, yep. but he just needed that symbol. No. I mean, or he killed yeah, someone. Or he killed someone. It's the latter. It's the latter. Growing up, it just really like it wasn't tolerated, or it wasn't like you know my dad wasn't that way. He witnessed the death of his older sister at a very young age, and I mean I can understand after that not having much to be upset about, but like definitely yeah. emotions that sort of thing wasn't really something we really explored in my family. Like people would feel a certain way. It'd always be like, how can we resolve the conflict? Not why was there conflict, you know? Mm-hmm. And so That's we did a lot of treating symptoms, I think in my household and not a lot of treating the problem. And a lot of that for me was motions and that definitely hampered Gloria and I's relationship for quite yeah, a while. Yeah, it was actually kind of like the first time hearing like that. Yeah, it's just, that way. yeah, it's, it's something that we just didn't do as a family and something I do with my siblings now, something I've tried to do with my parents and then I definitely do with my friends and with you guys, but we just wouldn't share really how we felt much. And I'll say like uh, yesterday, a really good example, like there was a tiff in the house about something completely stupid, but it was in honesty for how emotional it was for how short it was. We were able to resolve it and everybody felt better in like five or 10 minutes. And in my household, that would have been like a fight for the evening. Like that would have been like nobody's friends the rest of the night, you know, sort of fight. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there's some of that that I'm definitely learning now that just wasn't the way it was in my household. And I think too, like um, definitely how my parents are, uh, I guess to stay conservative would be like an understatement, but you know, they look at very masculine and feminine roles and you know, this, that, and the other, and here's what's supposed to happen and here's what's traditional. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of also like something that hampered or like, you know, it slowed down my ability to progress and stuff. And now like I'm realizing that I'm 30 and I'm like, Oh, I've got my own opinions. And like, this is how the world actually is. And here's mm-hmm. who I've got to deal with as opposed to like the environment your parents put you in. It's something if, you know, if my folks ever do hear this, like, big thing to remember is that you can have the most ideal environment in the world. Like you could trap your kids in a bubble, you could put them in a cage and you could for the first 18 years do all of this stuff. But there's a reason why I forget what the Amish call it when they get to go out for a weekend uh, or whatever. Rumspringa. Yeah. And they don't freaking come back because you know what? They're going to meet other people. They're going to have other experiences. There's going to be stuff that you can't control that you never foresaw a circumstance that you never told them they would be in. And they're going to have to deal with that. Yep. And that's where you really have that kind of true growth and stuff. Like, I'm a huge proponent of if you're the smartest person in your group of friends, you need to find a new group. Yep. If you're the most talented at whatever it is you do in your circle of whatever you do that, you might want to not to leave those people behind, but you might want to find other people to learn from. Like, yeah. If you're the sensei, yeah, you you never stop being a student, I think is kind of the big thing. And definitely, um, you know, my parents are decently successful. They take good care of themselves. They took great care of us. So I think they think they know best always um, because like their way worked for them. And that's great. If I told you, Hey, I won the lottery with these exact numbers, right? And now I'm a multimillionaire, which I'm not. So nobody try to find me. I don't have any kind of cash like that. Um, but if I had, right? And I was like, oh, all you gotta do is play these numbers on Tuesday, uh, June 6th of 1979. You'd be like, well, I can't do that now. And you're like, oh, sucks for you, you know? Cause like that was my way. That was yeah. successful for me. Yeah. I can't teach you how to do it. I think that's kind of 
something my parents feel very strongly is like, oh, well, here's the way we did it. You know, here's the, here's the plan we followed. And it's also just kind of the objective thing. So I've been noticing a lot more, especially since I play music with younger people, the generational divides. Because like Gen Z, like the humor, I, I'm trying, <laughs> y'all. And honestly, some of it I'll laugh my butt off about. But a lot of it I just don't understand, right? Yeah. And the same thing with the whole like boomer versus this sort of mentality and then millennials versus everybody, I guess. Um, it's like you start really noticing those generational divides because it's crazy. They had cassette players. They would have to know in advance if they wanted to talk on the phone. You know, my grandfather, when he immigrated, he didn't know. I mean, he had trusted without like over a month of communication that somebody was going to be at a train station waiting for him. Yeah. My parents would call like, you've got to be at your phone at this time exactly. Make sure you pick it up on the ring because there's no answering machines or we're sending letters to each other and we're using maps instead of GPS. So it's crazy that you can witness you know, the advent of the internet in your lifetime and then still on some things be really, really, really old fashioned. Yeah. yeah. And I sometimes worry. I always think, yeah, we're saying this about our parents and then we're going to become older and we're, it's going to be the same way. Yeah. But I think what's different with our generation, I think what generation are you? Millennial. You guys are millennials. Okay. You're a Gen Z and I am a self-proclaimed millennial, but technically Gen Z, you but also right on the gap. Like right on we, the gap. We you saw something on a reality show yesterday. They said that the millennial Gen Z cusp. They like yeah. There's... And me and my friend Jill were talking about it, and it's actually interesting. She's an oldest child, um, and she said she feels she's a little more Gen Z because she's an oldest child. But I'm a younger sibling, and so since I kind of always hung out with you, mm -hmm. I feel like I took on a lot more of like the millennial yeah characteristics and whatnot. But like our generation grew up with such rapid changing technology in a world that's changing so quickly. I have hope that as we're old, when we age and we get older, we have adapted yeah, with more to change. Yeah. And so we won't be so like stuck in our ways when our parents, when our children want to do something different than what we've done because we're so used to rapid change. Hopefully mm -hmm. we'll be a little more open-minded, but I'm, Maybe our parents said the same yeah. thing, and we just don't know, you know? No, I think if we start, like, getting chips installed into our brains and, like, plugging in for real, like, that's still going to weird me out. It might be super acceptable, like, 100 years from now. Mm -hmm. So I think there are some things where I'd be like, that's kind of weird, but, like, not, like, loving who you want or, like, freedom of expression or dressing yeah. how you'd like to. Like, those are things I think that my parents touch on that I personally could give two craps less about. Yeah. But back to emotion real quick. Yeah. Was there an experience in your childhood where you felt like you tried to express emotion and it wasn't received well and it kind of caused you to not do that anymore? That's a question. Yeah, that's, that is that's a really a good question. question. I like asking questions. So it wasn't just something we, we shared. So like the big thing is like I didn't know what sex was until like I was like not even just like a little bit, like pretty well into high school, like sophomore year, I don't think. I had girlfriends question. freshman year. Wait, you didn't? No, like no. I didn't. I didn't. No, like I actually didn't know. So we didn't have um, our like health, general health class. You didn't watch Flavor of Love when you were. <laughs> no, we didn't have cable growing up. I'm telling you, like no, it was, no, yeah, they shut yeah, that. I'm cable saying like you can have the most restrictive what, environment, Pokemon? but I think yeah, that's Pokemon. Where, yeah, you guys watched Pokemon is what caused our cable to get cut out because they caught us getting up, and it wasn't even that early. Half an hour early for school because Pokemon was up. So we're already awake. We're downstairs. We're eating <laughs> breakfast, watching Pokemon when my dad's leaving for work. And they're like, nope, cable's gone. Wait, and really? And I love Pokemon wow. so much. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I look at, I'm looking at Pikachu right now. <laughs> yeah, that was a gift. <laughs> still, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's uh, kind of wild that that was how wow. they felt about it. Yeah. But um, Wait, can I ask you a question? Yes. To what degree did you not know what sex was? Like, you didn't know what it oh, was no, at like, all? I was or you're like, adult only? So freshman year of high school, one of my girlfriends broke up with me because I wanted to kiss her. 
the other one wanted to do business and I was nowhere near ready to do business because I wasn't sure what business was. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm telling know. you. No, I do know. Being the older sibling, there's dark. There's dark. Like, they like, don't tell you shit. Yeah, That's true. Our, so I we guess you heard from us. I was yeah. like, I'm abstaining from what though? Like abstinence, just don't have sex. I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to not be doing. <laughs> my high school boyfriend that is insane. No, my high school boyfriend said me. he wanted to introduce hands into the relationship, and I said okay because I thought he meant like on my face and like in my hair. And then he stuck his hands in my pants in the back of his fucking mom's car. <laughs> she was in the wow, bank. Wow, she was in the car. No, she <laughs> went into the bank. And he stuck what? his hands in my pants, uh, and I was like, "We're gonna have to hold up? that for a different episode." Girl. But I didn't know. I had she said yes. Okay. I had consented. Back to you, Sean. Okay. But <laughs> I, oblivion, because yes. I relate okay, to this. Yeah, like, I can know. I add, my generation has learned so much more because of the internet and like yes. television shows and just the internet in general. Yeah. It's just always all up in your face. There was nothing like that. Like, you could us. go to a middle school, middle schooler, and they'd be like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to me. Nope. But no idea. back to the original question. Was there a moment where you tried to express your emotions and you felt like it wasn't received well? I'm trying to think if there's ever anything I had to say. Like the last time I, I got spanked or, or tried to get spanked, my mom was chasing me around the kitchen island. You know, it's like in the center, so it's like one person runs around and the other person goes halfway and you're like, and I was like, Mom, please, no spankings. I just want a hug instead. And she like finally saw me break and like my mom was very receptive emotionally. So I'll definitely shout out to her on that. And my dad, as I've gotten older, I've been able to tell more stuff. So I'm very open and transparent with them about everything I've done, you know, drugs, life, <laughs> seeing things, doing stuff. Like, you know, like the stuff that just happens when you exist and you end up saying yes to some experiences, which I think is always super positive. And they've kind of like opened up a little bit more. But I feel like my parents are always going to be the type where it's like we're going to reserve some of the secrets. And I've heard things about my parents from other adults who don't feel so reserved. So I've, I've learned more about their story that I think they wanted to share with me. But it was definitely like... um. In honesty, so like the the emotional neglect, I think if there was any, was experienced way heavier by my my sister. So I think mm-hmm. Melanie really went through that. So it was me emotionally being there for her um, when my parents kind of weren't, or they weren't super receptive for understanding of everything that she was going through and the way she really felt and the way she felt she had to hide and change that. So like I feel like that took up a lot of that atmosphere. And it wasn't a super big deal for me because I was still figuring it out too. Going back to your question though, so <laughs> in eighth grade on the on like the football field, somebody found a used condom. They're like, there's a con there. And I was like, oh, you know, trying to act like I f- freaking knew what it was. <laughs> what's, what's that? And they're like, they're like, oh, it's an anti-baby device. I was like, gross. I didn't know what the hell that meant. I was like, what? That's what I'm saying. What does this do to children? You know? An anti-baby device. Wow. I honestly didn't know. And I didn't really even, see, you know, they just had mentioned they'd found one, which is a big news at a Catholic school, finding a condom, you know? So like our abstinence classes, we had nuns for teachers. So it was all like really, really kind of odd stuff. And then, you know, I get into high school and this is right around the time where DSL becomes available and the internet's faster and all of a sudden we can watch pornography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I found out. <laughs> I found out all about what sex was. And that's, uh, and trust me, as a teenage boy, it was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa here we go. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how you spend a lot of your time as a teenage male. I thought I had told you the story. About yeah, no. So I really had no clue. And, it, and I think it probably hindered me a lot in my relationships as well because like I I wasn't sure what was supposed to be this side and the other because it was always like abstain till marriage. And I remember having this, because I was so confused as a child that I actually asked my dad and my mom in the car. I was like, you know, because we were learning about it, about abstinence. I was like, so dad, was mom was mom a virgin when you married her? 
And he wouldn't respond, so I already knew the answer, you know? And I was like, how do you know? I love how that. How do you... you know, Dad? How do you know I'm yours? How? 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 She's been with somebody else. How can oh you be God. so sure? And I was crying about this because I literally didn't understand. Because to this day, God, I've been married this... for eight years. My parents have still not had to talk with me. And it's fine. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, I don't need it. I figured it out. <laughs> but I really wish, I really wish that that'd be something that parents and their kids talk about more. Oh, Absolutely. my God. Yes. And that's how it is in, um, in Europe. And we spend a lot of time, I'm sure as you guys know on the podcast, that we were stationed out there for seven years or six and change. And um, so, yeah, like as far as like how they go with upbringing and stuff, and it's crazy because like um, German girls actually have a preference for circumcised men. And that's something that's out of my control as well. We'll talk about this really quick. <laughs> I believe that you shouldn't just circumcise babies. You should yeah. let them decide when they get older. Because as I'm just now that I'm older, I didn't have a choice. I'm missing my bits. You know, I you, wish I still had them. You wish you still had them? 100%. Because, you okay. You know the medical implications? Yes. But in the day and age that those medical implications are relevant, we didn't have hand washing or soap. Yeah. I'll tell you, though. That ER, you see some ish. Oh. Um, and yeah, we have hand washing in this household. But a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah. And maybe they wish they would have gotten that taken care of so they didn't have to come to the emergency room. Oh. Oh, dip. That's true. Okay, you're right. You know, maybe, maybe I, did, may, I, I didn't have a choice, so it is what it does. I'm, no. I'm living this way. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There's now, a lot of yeah. stuff like that where you like, pre-decide stuff for your kids. Mm-hmm. Again, like I didn't choose religion. I was, religion was a class I could fail. I could be held back a grade That's for crazy. not knowing enough about Jesus. Yeah, like, I actually wanted to ask you... you I, you brought up, I didn't know, yeah, we went to Catholic school, but he does hey, not talk about I it went often. to a Lutheran school. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't seem the same as that. No, no it's no, very different. It's different. It's very different. Um, what was that like? So, <laughs> very interesting. There seems was like a um, foreign thing to me. I don't know if she's still around anymore, but Sister Caroline was her name. And there was a, it wasn't even just a myth because I knew the kid. She threw a chair at a child in a classroom. And the, because of the nuns and, you know, the diocese and all this, we didn't have any weird priests. Luckily, we did not have any of that in our school. Good, but, like, good, good. the nuns would act out. Yeah, the nuns would act out. So Sister Caroline, literally, she was a fifth grade teacher. She threw a chair, like, with a desk attached at a kid. I think his name was Nick. So anyway, to be fair, I'm sure he was getting on this nun's nerves, but she chucked it down. We had Sister Bernadette, who, like, played guitar and volleyball. She was super cool. We had Sister Mary. She was the advanced math teacher. But, like, everybody in the school would rail on her. I mean, it's kind of messed up to make fun of a nun, but she had cankles. And I'm not talking like a little bit like... I don't think it's messed up to make fun of a nun. <laughs> I feel like she's like a sweet little old lady. But, like her ankles, it was like... If you can make fun of I wish of the anyone, diocese would spend some money nun. for her to have some like ankle surgery because they did not look well. You know? <laughs> These poor ladies are sitting around praying all day. It's like, it, she needs medical attention in her ankles. <laughs> they were really off. And then we had, oh, my did sister's favorite, weird Sister happen- Judith. So she had a soul patch, like a little bit of facial hair. Because, you know, she's a nun. It's not like, but she would always say like, oh, just because I can't have a man doesn't mean I can't sample the menu. So she'd always talk about like how men were cute and stuff. Uh, I think she was kind of repressed in it. Yeah. It's oh, an interesting wow. life, right? To be a nun. Yeah. Did anything ever happen? Were the nuns ever mean to you? No. Any weird experiences besides the, the chair nun? throwing? But yeah, chair she throwing. She didn't throw the, the chair at like, uniforms and stuff. She didn't throw it at me. Yeah. But. Um, and there were regular teachers there as well. So it was like about half mm. and half with nuns and priests and slash, um actual teachers wow but like a weird like just weird things like that like taylor, taylor would agree with me on and people who went there like when it was raining it was sunny outside they'd be like oh the devil's beating his wife and like that's what i thought it was and when we got oh to like biology my oh my god you gotta remember guys this is the 90s this is the 90s when we got to biology they would oh. literally just like in our science class which is a very loose term for creationism he's air, he's air quoting for those yeah. who can't oh yeah i'm air see. quoting i call it science it was not really a science class it was like We'll teach you about like electricity and stuff, but as far as like biology, it was like we're skipping that whole thing. That is 
child abuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what private schools are. They get to choose the curriculum to some degree. That's wild. But yeah. like the standardized test scores were good and stuff. So like as long as our math and English was fine, they didn't care what we were learning about science, you know? That's very true. I remember Devil we did so many. I can't get over Gloria's that. Gloria's still stuck I'm on that. I'm shook right now. Yeah, we did wow. move past that really fast. I'm sorry. No, like, we would uh, practice church in school. Like we would go to the church, which is also on the same premises as the school, and we would practice mass. Yeah, like I as did classes. that too. Yeah, we'd yeah. like do rehearsal? practice. Yeah. Well, not, not even rehearsals. Like we'd just have a mass. Just service. To yeah, yeah, the actual services during school. A week. Huh. It was so weird. It was a weird time. Yeah. We didn't have a sex education class. We didn't Neither learn about did the Big Bang Theory. I did. Like, it was just like, God did it. I had sex ed it. in fifth grade. I had sex ed in Oh, uh, I guess school. I had, yeah, I had sex ed in fifth grade, but it wasn't. Oh, I mean, it's terrible. It was not sufficient. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> the chick on the video said that she thought that she needed to eat a lot of beets so that she could get her period. I'm like, why are you showing us this? <sighs> An adult saw that and was like, I should put this on for the children. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe it's like the Yahoo Answers YouTube video. Like, how to tell if I am pregnant? Am <laughs> <laughs> pregnant? Some people don't know. And I the thing to. is like, you're, you're young, so it's like, it'd be nice to find out because if I had been in a different situation, I would have had no idea. Yeah. And I've seen stuff like that where like um, young men, if they're, you know, if ever assaulted by like an old, somewhat older woman or an older man or whatever, like they might just actually not know. Like I was actually so close that I would not know that as a child. Sexual what it was a sexual thing and what yeah. wasn't. Mm-hmm. I've and, heard that. Yeah, and like my parents, like if that was, I mean, obviously there's four of us, but if that was something in their relationship, it was super, super, super private. I think I've seen my parents hold hands like less than five or 10 times. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it, like noticeable enough that I can remember vacations that they held hands on because they were very like, n- at least not in front of us. And maybe, I don't know, I think Gloria and I are pretty handsy, but. Um, That's funny you say that because she said that before like me and Sean are very like physically affectionate and I was like really I don't really see it I've seen it now here when I because I spend a lot of time yeah. at y'all's house so I see it but I wouldn't have said that before yeah, so that's interesting like something I would think about yeah yeah when I think of the two of you I feel like if we're like out at dinner or something maybe not so much but like if we're very comfortable or in our space or yeah, even I feel on like vacation I've seen it here because you are so comfortable yeah. in your home now yeah, yeah. I've seen it more that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe this, I don't know if it was like an uncomfortable thing. But I mean, like, yeah, like when we're at home, we're kind of like annoying. To, to like, <laughs> like, just coming in to say. <laughs> <laughs> you have to remember this is audio. People can't see what you're doing. Okay. I think Sean's okay. very clear. I do, I do want to say this episode to all the viewers. Hopefully there'll be a video component soon because I think you guys would enjoy the experience with cool. the video yeah. so yeah. much yeah. more. I feel like our facial expressions are pretty great. Yeah. Y'all are a fun group to watch. <laughs> Well, oh yeah, so that's really about it. Um, I'm thankful, I'm grateful for my parents, I'm grateful for my dad, I'm grateful to my mom um, for a lot of things, but I think that there's also a time where, and it's hard for me to do as well, I think that's where I get into arguments. I think the kind of, my arguing style is definitely that way where it's like, I will do everything I can not to be wrong before I admit Mm -hmm. defeat. I will do everything. Oh, it's so painful. Yeah, it's so bad. Why do you think you're that way? Oh, because that's what my folks are. Oh. You know, you just you just keep walking it back and throwing other crap out there as like a barricade till you till you can finally just be like, you know what? Maybe I am incorrect. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so there's a lot of that. I think as far as like arguments, that in my must be too. really fun for you too. It's so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Fights are the worst. We're getting good at stopping them before they start. We're now, good at, yeah. We're, we're getting, getting better, better at just like cutting it off and being like, no, we need time to think about this because we both do that, man. And it's like once once the first, let me just throw this out there happens. 
that's when it's gone too far. Spirals. It's too yeah. late. Like there's it's a no snowball turning. downhill. Because it's now we're lunch. both gonna just be throwing shit out. And so it's like, yeah, we just gotta identify like, okay, wait, either we're communicating this and it's just gonna be a straightforward one two, or if this starts to escalate, we need to just dissipate for a while and then come back to it later. I just think it's really interesting because you were obviously raised in a very conservative household. You and all of your siblings, and none of none you, of you, you and all of your siblings are not. Like and it's just hard it's just left. Yeah. Crazy. How do you think, or why do you think that happened? Because so, I think a lot of families, when you're raised in a conservative household, you just, I mean, like, I guess this is like an overarching question. What causes a child to either go in the direction that their parents go and not explore their own thoughts because I think a lot of kids do that mm-hmm. and what causes kids to like try to find their own way come up with their own thoughts and ideas and branch so, out yeah, from that. Yeah, I think for us. And I feel like your family is like a really good picture of that. Mm-hmm. The commonality between me and my siblings as far as like we all went to the same Catholic school and then for high school I was the one who kind of had like make the choice on what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I got really into it. So there's a magnet art school. So I'm from Savannah, Georgia. So this I'll, I'll go ahead and Speak it up, because actually I had a good high school experience. I don't know, some yeah. a lot of people didn't, but I had a really good one because my school had zero tolerance for anything. Bullying, drugs, you name it, they would just kick you out. Um, so it was a magnet art school funded by the government. You had to audition to get in, you had to have good grades, you had, and you had to have some sort of liberal arts discipline. So you could be a dancer like for ballet or tap. Um, you could be in the orchestra, you could be in band, you could be in theater, you could be a singer, you could be a painter. Um, there's just so many different things. Communications, which at the time was like PowerPoint presentations and digital media and graphic design. Mm-hmm. But it was on the very early, this is like 2006, you know? Uh, to 2010. So we all went to the same magnet art school. And so there was really like, yeah. it was open. I think that's where I started to get in touch with it. And if anything, I don't know if my parents kicked themselves for us going there as opposed to paying tons of money because we saved them tons of money by going there. And my options were there or a military school that would have had priests and brothers they, running the But joint. they let you decide? So if I'd gotten into that school, that's I would have been going there. If I didn't get into that school, I'd have been going there just the the public high school up the road, which would have still been fine. But did they present that option to you? Did you find that option on your own? It was something that we had heard about, and I knew people who had went there before, but it was kind of like, I mean, it's 150 in a graduating class, and you think Savannah's mm-hmm. got a pretty large population, so it's a tiny school based on percentage of people that try to get in. I think it's like a less than 10% acceptance rate. But I think that you getting in set the tone for your siblings, for the siblings to then yeah. get Because then it was the assumption that we're all going to make it into the school, and we're mm-hmm. all going to go through the school, and obviously save my parents a boatload of money, Here's the side effect, right? The unintended consequence is that we became very, very liberal. We got to see so many other ideas Mm -hmm. and possibilities and interact with people that were super accepting. Like, I think that um, a lot of the, at the time, because it's still, for all intents and purposes, actually it was illegal. So it was illegal to be married at this time because it's pre-2011, right? It's where I actually met like a lot of like queer people and I met people that think a different way and I met people who are comfortable with different stuff. I think that was really, really important and transformative for me because I started to realize that that's the norm. And then I started seeing it in the military, right? It's like, oh, some of the, finest ladies and gentlemen I've served with were queer people. And there's nothing wrong. It does not prevent you from doing a job. Um, same way I feel about tattoos and grooming standards. You're welcome to look however you want to look, however you feel most comfortable in your own skin, whatever that means for you. And so that's something that I've really kind of adopted and moved forward with, where it was like, you know, I'm sure my parents would prefer that I wasn't like covered in tattoos and that I didn't have super long hair and that, you know, I looked like a Christian cis white man, but like that's not the goal <laughs> for me. Gloria, yeah. would you prefer that? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I, Gloria <laughs> I like is definitely that. liking how I am now. Yeah, way real more. hot. Well, everybody gets the thing too, is like, especially with the transition, you know, I was so clean cut and everything up until recently. Because of the military? Yeah. yeah and I was like, I've been like this all along, guys. Just so you know, I just wasn't able to do it yet. Yep. It was so funny. I knew. When Vanessa, my friend, came over to y'all's apartment, you had a picture from your wedding up, and she looked at Sean, and she looked at the picture. She's like, 
who is that man in that picture? <laughs> Why does your sister have a picture of her previous marriage on the wall? Because you looked so different. Yeah. And it's funny. But so you feel that completely changed your tra- trajectory? Yeah, I think if, there, if there's any moment that you could pinpoint, like where my siblings and my parents kind of got and like I got off on like not understanding each other, it's that we went through this experience and, and they didn't. Yeah. Even though we were going through it, like they, you know, if, if, if I was getting good grades and like things were happening, you know, like those were kind of like the metrics to look at whether or not I was successful. Right. And that was kind of a big important thing in my household was like, what are you achieving? If it's in sports, you know, are you on the varsity team? If you're in, you know, if you're in the honors program, how good are you doing at that? Um, are you knocking out college credits towards this, that, and the other? And that's something that kind of like woke me up is like, you know, because I thought, like for me, it's like school also was like something that was easy. Like I didn't have to study; it was something I could pull out of my ass the day of, and it was mm-hmm. possible. Which something also, you and Gloria also have yeah. in common. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I that so much. Which basically <laughs> makes us also terrible procrastinators, there, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I will say, like I finished my MBA and like. Um, it got down to the wire. Like I was finishing my final assignment, this 52 page paper, like within the hour it was due. That's oh actually something gosh, I'm happy. Was- and that's the nightmare you don't want to live in. Yeah, yeah. But I'm actually happy we have that in common because the thing about that is that we respect each other's procrastination. Because if I were with somebody who just did their shit at the right time and I were just like, Oh, I have so much shit to do. And just like, la 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 over here, not doing it. And they were like, you should do that. Like I would probably just be so angry and so whatever, but like, I'll be like, oh, you're just in your procrastination phase. That's cool. Like, you do that. I know that you're going to get your shit yeah, done. Yeah, well, as long as you guys have both proved time and time again you get your shit done, mm-hmm. you guys know. It gets there. But, like, I think, like, the house kind of gives us that kind of luxury, too, because, like, right now we've had taped walls in the sun room for, like, over <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> Gloria's wall is, like, fixed but still needs paint, you know. Like, I've got, like, half-done projects everywhere that, like, sometimes I'll just go in and finish. And then sometimes we get really in on something. It's like, okay, we're going to knock this out today, like, when we finished our room and putting stuff up or when Taylor and I finished the sound booth, it was just like, okay, like today's the day where we're like, we're going to see this thing through. And, um, yeah, I think that you have to have that kind of like boundary with it. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. But like also just being able to understand that in each other and like not feel the need to be like, what the heck are you doing? Like, we know what you're doing. Yeah. And we like know I can never be with someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> That's, That's, That's my worst never. And vice versa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like another thing too is like, I think my parents, like they, they didn't really have to change much mm-hmm. um, for each other. Cause like they're both like, oh, we're okay, you know, and they met a little bit later in their life than versus us, where it's like we met in our early 20s, so, like, very developmental years. And um, so, like, they already kind of knew where things were going, like, you already had your career established, and here's what you want, and figuring out and move forward. Yeah, you guys have grown and yeah, gone yeah. through so many it's things. It's so special. You guys together. got to grow together. Yeah, we, like, honestly didn't see anything coming. Like, we're just like, but we're just going to jump into whatever this abyss is. But don't you think together. it's, it's okay. Don't you think it's kind of crazy? We just don't really have control of who we become. Because if you ha- wouldn't have gotten into that school, you probably would have just been a completely different oh, person. Absolutely. We may have never met. That life oh, could yeah. be entirely different. Well, we probably would have met, but you probably would have been some D-bag hit I mean, just bought a single. I mean, how many guys did you sell just a single jello shot to and never saw A lot. Again? And a I lot mean, of them of like, were military guys. <laughs> and if you would have gone to military school, you probably would have gone straight into mil- military, same as you did, but without the other influences. And you would have just been another military dude hitting on me at that bar, which happened all the time. But you weren't. You were special. You knew how to hula hoop. You had all these quirks because of your connection. To I just our think world. it's so funny. We think that we choose who we become and who we are. We choose these characteristics in ourselves. But I just think it's by chance and what experiences life allows us to have. Like I don't think I'll, I'll we disagree get to with you really on that just a little bit. I'll give you an example from your life, right? Okay. So like, you'd never be able just to walk into a hospital and help assist on a surgery or perform a surgery, right? Mm-hmm. But you've been taking small steps over the past couple years of your life to make that happen. 
to the point where like, if you were to look at it like happenstance, like the fact that you're working in emergency rooms and helping with surgeries and doing all of these really cool, um, like in finishing up like your learning experience essentially in your residencies and what you're gonna do after this, like that's all small choices that you've made. Like you can't just accidentally end up there. It's not like you're in a, a role of your life where you can't just phone it in. I agree with you in that, yeah, like I intentionally made those decisions and those actions, but I just think there's also people who are much smarter than me, just as smart, who weren't at the right place in the right mm -hmm. time in order to get the education or get the opportunities to or further like, their education. Like you oh yeah. can be so brilliant and so intelligent, but if you're not in the right place at the right time and the chances of life don't work in your favor, then it, it doesn't become right. So or I, anything I think could it's have shifted. One hundred percent, and you're you're fortunate to have that opportunity as well. It's also. Yeah something that you set up for yourself. Yeah, you know? like, I think it's not one or the other. I think there's definitely a, a balance, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But definitely, like, you still have to want that. You still have to go out to achieve that. Like, you could have given up a million like, times before today. Like you with your, with the art school, you decided I want to, even though I know the acceptance rate is super low, I'm still going to go for it and try out where a lot of other people would have just been like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like, you put in the effort to do that. So it's the opportunity presented itself and plus your own, like, decision to do it too. Yeah, so I think to it's apply myself. Like, I mean, I went like all in, like I was daddy Warbucks and Annie and I shaved my head just to show <laughs> commitment to the role, you know, method acting. And I didn't have any experience. It was like a year out. I was like, I'm either going to military school or I could try to get into this <laughs> yeah. art school. So I was like, I started, I was in two plays, one of which I was like the most minor role, like basically like off stage, just helping out with like a local theater with like adults, you know, just yeah. kind of like, you're like the kid, they're more or less babysitting. And then the other one was like a children's theater. Um, which I know you guys are familiar with. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, all kids role stuff. And it ended up working out and uh, still love theater so much as you guys know. We're all big musical fans. I don't know if they ever talked about that before. I love it so much. <laughs> especially think, Kaylin. Yeah. Especially Kaylin. Yeah. When I found out that you like musicals, I was like, okay, he can be a part of the family. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, I'm happy that life worked out in a way that you turned out the way that you are. And Thank I'm you. happy you're a part of our family. Yeah, okay. and I, I, I agree with you. I don't think I can control who I'm becoming, but I can influence the direction, right? Yeah, I agree. You know, never go to prison. That's my one rule. Never, <laughs> you're not going to catch me, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to jail. You can do the stuff, just don't get caught. <laughs> just don't get caught. Oh, man. Yeah, never, never going to prison. That's the, that's the one rule. But yeah. Well, we hope that you guys have all loved uh, getting to hear from our tech guy, Sean, as much as we have. Yeah, I just learned so much more about you yeah. more yeah. than I ever have. Yeah. All over Even the I've place. Learned I feel like more. I'm pretty open. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, like but we've said before, we just don't sit yeah. down and have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we have like cut out the time and the space to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. To the audience, I will I be back be, behind the scenes where I belong. I think you'll probably be a recurring guest because I feel like there's a lot more <laughs> we need to get. Yeah, there's more so to unpack yeah, because there's you, more I'm not comfortable you sharing. You avoided, yeah. you 100% avoided Sonia's question like three separate times. Yeah. It never actually got answered. So you'll we will back. circle back to we'll that. Be back. You're not getting away from us, that's anyway, for sure. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Too, I'll let you guys close too, it out. Sean. All right, Glow, shout out our Instagram. All right, follow us at underscore underscore daddy.issues on Insta. And uh, yeah, email us if you have like stories. Yeah. I've decided I want that to happen. Email, or, I guess DM. We don't have an email. So we we do have a DM option on Insta and we do have uh, an email, contact.daddyissues at gmail.com. Okay, maybe put that in the bio. Yeah, I'll put it in our bio. Yeah, we would love to hear stories about why your parents messed you up. Yeah, and we'll read them out. We'll, we'll do them as little intros, so. You can be like a little guest almost. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, well. We'll see you next week. Sean, tell them bye. Bye. <laughs>